Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Lord's Day where you have created for us so that we can worship you. Father, this day of rest and worship, we, we revel in it. We thank you for it. Father, we pray that you would open our eyes from your word um, as we read from the Psalms today, as we begin to understand um, these things called emotions and how they affect us and what can affect them. We pray you would be with us in Christ's name. Amen. So our author, um, he starts the chapter off with the story where, I know y'all can't imagine this, but he's frustrated with his wife, he's angry, he says he doesn't exactly remember what the argument was about, but there was an argument, and looking back on it now, he realizes that he was to blame as well, but in the moment... He had to get out of the house, and he went on a walk around the neighborhood, and he walked for a long time, he says. And as he was walking, this is what he prayed. Lord, you've got to help me. I'm trying. I just can't seem to stop feeling angry. Right now, all I can think about is how unfair she was. I know I'm not loving her right now. I know I'm not where you want me. Help. However, no sooner would I finish praying than thoughts about what she did to me left right back in my mind. It was as if a vivid documentary detailing the unfairness of her words and how she was the one at fault was playing on a loop across the big screen in my head the cycle of wrenching myself away from the documentary to pray and getting sucked back into it repeated every 30 seconds or so as I marched through the darkness. He climbed back in the bed in the early morning hours, exhausted and as frustrated with himself as with his wife, hopeless that he would never master the ugliness of his anger or his self-pity. So, the... Um, chapter is titled, Why Can't I Control My Emotions? So this is what we're looking at today. And he says, I just can't seem to stop feeling angry. You ever felt this way? I just can't seem to stop feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? Right? You, you start to rationalize things. You start to think about things and pretty soon you realize, wait, I'm sucked right back into that feeling, and this is the way I'm feeling about this person or this thing in my life. Is, is he the only one that's ever, anyone else ever felt this way before? Where you're frustrated with yourself about why you're repeating? I love that documentary phrase. I was like, that's good. Because you, know you know what you find out about documentaries? You know, you think, you know, you're on Netflix, and there's documentaries, and you're watching a documentary, and you're thinking, oh, this is just facts. This is just very objective, right? And then you realize, oh, wait a second, that's some subjectivity right there. Then you realize, oh, wait, these, the guys doing the documentaries, they have, a, they have a narrative, right? And they're leading you along the narrative so that you end up with the same conclusions that they have, right? Well, don't we do the same thing in this documentary? As I'm rehashing in my mind exactly what the argument was about, right? Rarely do we ever look at ourselves and go, oh, man, in that moment, whoa, was I way wrong? That was, I was way off 
in the documentary, right? We're like, no, I was right. And here's all the points behind me being right. right. But here we are, not controlling our emotions. I just can't help to, I just can't seem to stop feeling whatever it is you're feeling, right? So, how about this question? Do you know what it's like to be stuck, trapped in an emotion? Is that a, a strange thought for you? Or, ha or do you, have you been there? Where you keep replaying the documentary and in the final analysis, you keep coming back. This is the way I feel. This is the way I feel. I just can't seem to get out of it, right? Do you know what it's like to hate the way you feel and yet find yourself unable to snap out of it? Now, at first I was like, huh. And then I was like, I thought about something that day. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, why is this? Why is this? Why do we so often feel like our emotions are controlling us rather than the other way around? Why can't we simply choose to feel different anytime we want to? Why can't we do that? Well, the author says that's because emotions are instinctive. Hmm. And then he says that that's a good thing. Emotions are instinctive. And that's a good thing. Um, we're going to read. No, let's read Psalm 42. Let's, let's, he says... Go to Psalm 42. Psalm 42. We're familiar. Everyone is familiar with this psalm, whether you know it or not. <coughs> this is the, as the deer pants for, sh for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you. <coughs> this idea of why is he struggling with his emotions? Why can't he just choose to feel a certain way? Right? Psalm 42. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Then a slight change. My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul, why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. And then my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and Mount Mazar. Deep calls the deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy as with a deadly wound in my bones? My adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. You see these? 
I believe this thing. So why are you cast down? Why can't I control my emotions, he says. Oh, my soul is cast down. Where are you, man? You're all over the place. What is going on, right? We're going to talk more about this with Psalm 42. Even as he fights to remember the good things God has done and urges himself to hope in the Lord, his feelings seem to stay stuck, resisting his efforts to change. You ever been there? I, I have. At first I was like, what? And the more I thought about this chapter, and I've had a lot, a lot of time to think about this chapter, the more I realized, oh, yeah. So, emotions overflow instinctively. There's that word again. From our, we've talked about this before, where do our emotions come from? From our loves, rather than resulting from conscious choices. So this is where the instinctive part comes in, right? Like, they, they happened to me. I didn't think about it. I realize I'm feeling a certain way because there's something I love and it results from something happening with something I love and my response to that, rather than me sitting there making a conscious decision about how I'm going to feel about it, right? Let's think about, let's think about this practically. Um, Paul, Harn, was all, he ran up to me, he was all excited. He, he got this job. He really didn't even know he wanted a job, but he thought about it. He wanted a job, and this job just landed in his lap, and it's, it's an awesome job, and he was going on and on and on. How did that make me feel? Did I sit there and go, while Paul was talking to me, did I go, how should I respond to this news? <laughs> I could choose to be happy. Or is, that what you, is that what we do? Practically? No, what did I, what did I do? I was happy because he was so happy. I got caught up in his happiness. I was like, this is awesome. This is great. Um, it just happened instinctively, right? Um, my fruit trees need more sunshine. There's huge pine trees in the way. What better to do when you've been cooped up inside a dental office working six days a week than to take an axe and to chop down a tree. Can I get an amen? amen. Yes. <laughs> so I bought a new axe because I broke my old one. Um, and this tree, this was, this, was a, this was a pine tree, right? And I chopped that pine tree down. I worked hard. It was awesome. And I had a plan, right? Make sure the pig was out of the way. I thought about letting the pig be in the way. But then I, I, got, I waited till the pig was out of the way. I had chopped down smaller trees, right, to hold it up in the air so that I could chop it into pieces. I'm like, I want this bad boy to go right there. And when I chopped it down, guess where it went? Right there. I was like, yes. And then I realized, oh, I'm not good at judging how tall they are because height is the same thing as length when it's laid over. And wow, it went way into that oak tree. I was like, oh, wow. So I looked up at all the other ones around me. I'm like, wow, these things are a lot taller than I thought they were. But I didn't go, hmm, the tree fell exactly where I wanted it to go. How should I feel about that? 
I was very excited, maybe a little surprised <laughs> that it actually worked out right. Although, although I had the physics because about halfway up it bumped out toward that side, right? And so I was like, oh, the weight's all going that way. So why work against physics? Why not just put the little notch where I wanted it to go? Yeah. And then I felt what? Once it's laying there. I did feel accomplished, but then I realized all the work ahead of me to chop that into pieces <laughs> so that I could drag the pieces off. And then I realized, whoa, fresh pine tree is very heavy. So I realized I have to chop it into more pieces than I thought. And then I remembered I do have a tractor. And then I got happy again. Right? You see how this, right? No one is sitting there making rational decisions about what I'm going to choose to do, right? How about, how about the news on a Thursday morning? Wednesday, my mom was terminally ill with cancer. Wednesday, I spend all day at my mom and dad's house getting the house ready for my mom to come home. I get a call early Thursday morning. I need to get to the hospital because things are not well. And I'm like, well, she has surgery on Monday. She was so much better. I was like, what? Things are not well. well. She's going home. What are you talking about? As I'm driving over the speed limit to the hospital, I wasn't sitting there thinking, now how should I think about this? Right? Instinctively, I'm concerned. I'm worried. Right? Shouldn't touch that. <coughs> Sorry, John. Um, no, wait, wait. How will I choose to feel about this? This is not what I thought. I, I could end up feeling anxious here. And I really don't like feeling anxious. I think I'll go with content and calm instead. Yes, that's the right choice. Ah, feels so much better already. Now I'll make some coffee and I'll finish a show I started before bed. And then I'll get on over to the hospital. Is this what we do? No. No, there's no conscious decision here about how I'm going to feel about this, right? I'm anxious. I'm thinking about my mom. I'm thinking about my dad. Where is my brother? Why won't he answer his phone? Why is he dragging his feet getting over to the hospital? He didn't make it, by the way, before my mom died because he didn't want to. He, he did not want to be there for it later on, I find out. Um, no amount of willpower is going to make me feel calm as I accelerate down the highway. Right? Because emotions flow out of what we care about most, our loves for our mother, our emotions can't and shouldn't change apart from a change in what we care about. Or a change in the well-being of what we care about. Did I skip something? Let's go back, though, for a minute. No amount of willpower is going to make me feel calm racing to the hospital, right? But, you would say, surely your understanding in the sovereignty of God should make you feel different, right? And what are we going to do about that? That's a great question. And guess what? The second half of the book is all about that, so we don't even have to talk about that today. That's great. I love that. <coughs> you see how the book, like, teases you, like, it grows this and grows this and then tells you don't get ahead of the book. Right? We're not going to get ahead of the book. But just know 
Should it, should our views and our understanding about the sovereignty of God, should it affect the way that we feel about things? Yes, it should. Um, and But the book will talk about this, right? <clears throat> so, um, this, this question, he says, drives the entire middle section of the book. For now, we'll simply say that a vital act of relationship with a good and sovereign God does matter a lot to your emotional life. And we all say, oh, good. And then we say, and someone else will take us down that road. But how, how does that, let's just tease this out a little bit. How would a relationship with a sovereign God, how would it affect our, our feelings? Does it affect our feelings by we just don't have feelings about stuff? Is that what God's sovereignty does? I just don't feel anything as I'm racing through the hospital and my mother dying? No, no. <clears throat> How about this? It doesn't flatten them. How about his spirit constantly reshapes and refines what we love throughout our life? That is how our relationship with the sovereign God. I'm giving you a foretaste, by the way. That is how, that's how God's, a relationship with God changes our emotions. The Spirit changes the things that we love, right? And so therefore, the way we feel about things changes. You see how it kind of instinctively follows this pattern? So, <coughs> what Scripture does teach us, though, is our biggest need is for new hearts. Where, where do we hear that? Yes. What, what, what does Ezekiel say about it? Yes. Deuteronomy talks about this. Isaiah talks about this. This idea of this is what the Spirit does, right? He regenerates us. He gives us a new heart. And with that new heart comes new feelings. So if I want to feel different about something, then I need a heart change before I make a conscious, try to make a conscious change about the way I feel. See what I'm saying? Because it, it one flows out of the other. So <clears throat> we need new hearts more than we need new feelings. So our biggest need, <coughs> well, when our hearts are reshaped, our emotions will follow suit. You see that? Oh, we're down here. When our hearts are reshaped, our emotions follow suit. But isn't that what the Holy Spirit does? Isn't, isn't this part of regeneration and then all the way through sanctification? Is the Spirit continuing to transform that? And out of a transformed heart will come changed emotions, right? Um... Our biggest need is what? A new heart. With new loves. And reoriented worship. Not more comfortable feelings. So... With this, with this in mind, this is the thesis of this chapter, by the way. With this in mind, let's go back to Psalm 42. 
really don't, really don't care what this author has to say. I do care immensely what Psalm 42 has to say about this. So let's, with, with these things now rattling around in our brains, let's go back to Psalm 42. <coughs> so the first part of this psalm is longing expressed as thirst. Longing expressed as thirst. As a deer pants for flowing streams, soul so pants my soul for you, O God. If you're panting for something, is it because you have it or is it because you desire it? There's the desire there. And what is he desiring? What is his soul desiring? God, right? My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. What is it called when liquid enters your mouth? Is it eating? No, it's drinking, right? So his tears, this is, this is what he's been nourished upon, right, is tears. While they say to me all the day long, who's this they? Good guys or bad guys? I have boys, so, you know, there's different categories in my house. Good guys or bad guys? Bad guys, because we know they're bad guys, because what do they say to me? Where is your God? So these enemies are coming to the psalmist and saying, oh, you got some stuff going on in your life. Well, where's your God? Right? It's almost a, a Job, Job's wife sort of thing, right? Look, where's God in all this? Just curse, curse God and die, because he's not in any of this, right? Your God isn't sovereign over stuff. The enemies say to me all the day long, where is your God? What, what does he do? These things I remember. So here's enemies. He's longing for God because he doesn't feel God around him. His soul is longing for God because he feels there's something missing. His enemies are saying, well, where is your God? What does he do? These things I remember. As I pour out my soul, what does, he, what does he remember? I'm going to read this, but you tell me, what is this that he's remembering? How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. What is that called back in the Old Testament days? What is he remembering? Worship. He's remembering Personal worship or corporate worship? He's remembering corporate worship. He's going back to this, right? He's remembering corporate worship. And then as he's remembering corporate worship and the festival songs, how he led the people in procession to the house of God, a multitude-keeping festival, now he turns and looks at his soul and says what? Why are you cast down? What's your problem? Why are you feeling this way? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. What is God going to do? Why, why are we hoping in God? He wants to stop feeling this way. His answer is hope in God because he knows that God does that. And he knows if God will change his heart, then this turmoil that he feels within him, it will change, right? 
He, he wants this, but his focus is, on, is not on this, right? He wants to feel different, but that's not what his focus is on, right? His focus is on the work that only God can do to give him a new heart. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him because he is, look at the personal pronouns, he is my salvation and my God. It's not just, I believe in the God, he's my God. But next, so this is what he knows and believes, that he will again praise God corporately because God is his salvation and God is his God. And then, boom, here we go again. Why My soul is cast down within me. He just asked his soul, soul, why are you cast down within me? And now he says, but my soul is still cast down within me. Therefore, what does he do? There's a pattern here. He remembers something. He remembers from the land of Jordan and Hermon and Mount Mazar. He goes to general revelation. He starts thinking about creation. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. Okay. And in Israel, water was always a scary thing because it was uncontrolled. But how does he feel? <clears throat> how does he feel? Is he actually in the Mediterranean Sea during a storm and huge waves are rolling over him? Is this literal language? No. This is how he's feeling. All your breakers and all your waves have gone over me. But whose breakers and waves are they? They're God's because God is sovereign. And what he's going through right now, and what is he going through? These people asking him where is his God, right? All of that is under God's sovereign control. And that's what he knows and believes. Right? So there's God's sovereignty. All your breakers and all your waves have gone over me. Here's more of what he knows and believes. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer of, to the God of my life. So what does he know about God? God's sovereign. God is full of steadfast love towards him. And God is with him, right? I say to God, my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Has God forgotten him? No. Is that how he feels? Yes. So here he is. He's battling with his emotions, right? This is how I feel. I feel like your breakers and waves have gone over me. I feel like you have forgotten me. And yet he keeps reminding himself about the truth about God. And that's what he battles against these emotions that are incorrect, right? So here's the question. We're going to read this question more than once. It's going to repeat itself. Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. There's this deadly, he feels, does he have a deadly wound in his bones? Does he have some bone infection that's going to kill him? Gangrene is setting in. Is it actually setting in? Or is this just the way he feels? It's the way he feels, right? My adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where's your God? There's their question again. Same enemies saying the same thing. And he looks back at his soul and says, why are you cast down, soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Back to what he knows and believes. Hope in God. This is my only hope in all of this turmoil going on in my life. 
Oh, by the way, Psalm 43 is just a continuation of Psalm 42. Go turn the page. Vindicate me. Here's longing expressed in prayer. Vindicate me, O God. Defend my cause against an ungodly people. Here's enemies again. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me, for you are the God whom I take refuge. That's what he knows and believes. You're the God I take refuge. But how does he feel? Why have you rejected me? Has God rejected him? No, but that's how he feels. And here's the question again. Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Who's that question to? Himself. Okay, the enemy keeps bombarding me, asking me, where, where's your God? But these things I know about God. Why am I so upset about this? This is what he's asking himself. What is this prayer to God? Send out your light and your truth. Now, who is the light of the world? And who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Uh-huh. Send out your light and your truth and let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill, to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God. What's he talking about again? Corporate worship. To God, my exceeding joy. Here's what he knows and believes. And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Personal pronouns again. Back to the final refrain. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I don't know why these psalms are separate, because they're obviously the same thought, right? And in earlier Hebrew Bibles, there is no difference between Psalm 42 and 43. They're the same. Here's where he goes, right? He knows he needs this. He, he doesn't like the way he's feeling. He doesn't understand why he's feeling it because of what he believes. But this is how he feels. And he doesn't like the way he feels. And so what does he do? He, he goes to God because he knows that this is the work of the Spirit. To get a new heart. To reorient his, new, his loves. To reorient his understanding of worship. This is what he, dry, he goes to worship. To get a reorientation in his mind. Which will affect the way that he feels. Right? He's remembering first. That's the mind remembering and from that will come changed emotions. So why can't I control my emotions? Because they instinctively flow out of me. And it's not a, I didn't sit there and rationally choose the way I was going to feel. And it's frustrating at times to find yourself feeling a certain way over and over and over again. But we need new hearts. That will change our emotions and our feelings. Just like we see from Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. All right. Any thoughts? Yeah, that's good. And culture would also tell us that the way you feel is right for you. Well, that is not what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, my feelings are not right. They're not based on God's truth. Why am I feeling this way? I'm going to hope in God and run to God and respond in corporate worship. Heavenly Father, we... Thank you for these thoughts from Psalm 42 and 43. Father, we, we understand what the psalmist 
is talking about because we recognize that we go through the same thing as we fight with our fallen nature, wonder why we feel the, the things we feel, knowing the things that we know and believing the things that we believe. So, Father, we pray that you would help us by the power of the Spirit to put to death the flesh and to put on Christ. Father, we thank you that you have given us uh, a church like this where worship and the word is central in worship. Father, we thank you for giving us this day that we can set aside to do this corporate worship. Father, we, we give you thanks that you have given us a new heart. And so we pray that, that we would fight, that we would stand, um, that as we walk through this Christian life corporately, that, um, that you would strengthen us day by day. And that as our love for you grows and grows, um, that our emotions would follow in, in feeling rightly. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.